0: And we are back on Backseat Carpool Manter. I'm your host, Sam Kruchikov, for this installment of Carpool Manter. In today's special episode, I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Silber, and as always, a very special guest, Dalton Crossan. He's a former NFL running back who played for the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's got some exciting news to share about his future in pro sports as well. So make sure to stick around to listen to Dalton's stories and our great conversations. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to carpool banter
1: welcome to the show it's a pleasure having you on appreciate you guys yeah appreciate you having
2: me glad to be here
1: yeah so you know sam gave you a pretty good intro you, you played in the nfl uh, but I'm, I'm interested a little more on the story of how you got to the NFL. How was it like being an undrafted rookie, an undrafted free agent, and then the
2: Indianapolis Colts picking you up? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, dream come true. Obviously, I, I was kind of, um, you know, flew into the radar my whole life. Uh, you know, uh-huh. that chip on my shoulder because of it, I was – from Long Island, which isn't a big football area, you know, it's your Texas, Florida, California, you know, those big schools. So it's it was a little difficult to get recruited at a high level. Um, I had a couple of Division 1A offers, but mostly 1AA, um, uh, the CAA, mm-hmm. where I wound up playing for the University of Hampshire. But, you know, I had Delaware, James Madison, um, you know, schools like that. And yeah, so, so I went there, um, played running back and played for, for four years there. Five years, but redshirted the first year and, uh, and was successful. And then, you know, had a, uh, a chance to get drafted. I was, a, you know, a possible late sixth or seventh round guy um, mm-hmm. or undrafted free agent. And that's what wound up happening. It was, it's actually funny. I always tell the story. I had two uh, teams call me in the seventh round, tell me that they were about to take me with their next pick. And it just didn't happen. I'm watching the TV
0: mm-hmm. and
1: well,
2: see another name come up. Um, but yeah, no, it, they say that it's, uh, it's even better to go undrafted than it is to get drafted in the sixth or the seventh round, just because it's almost just the same opportunity to make the team. Um, and, uh, you get to choose where you go, right? So, so you and mm-hmm. you get to really look at the rosters, dissect the roster. So I think I had about five or six, um, you know, priority free agent offers from teams that, uh, that we got to really look at the roster, figure out, you know, the best situation, um, the best chance to make the team. So, yeah, that's kind of how that went. But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it was a dream come true, obviously. So yeah. Because I was four years old starting playing football. That was always the goal. <laughs> yeah, and
1: I'm sure and I'm sure, also being um, an undrafted free agent rather than being drafted in the later rounds puts also a little chip on your shoulder, too. And when you're competing for for touches in the, the Colts where you eventually went to. Um, can you talk a little bit about why the Colts? You said you, you had the ability to to choose where you went to.
2: Yeah. So, um, so honestly, in hindsight, uh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs were actually the first team to call me um, during the seventh okay. round and say, you know, you're one of our top guys. Would love to to have you as a, a you know priority free agent. Um, and I was very close, and still am pretty close with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we mm-hmm. trained together. Um, so as soon as that happened, obviously I called him, and he was like, "Yo, come on, you got to come." Like he was already <laughs> having been the first rounder. All right. So, cool, obviously. And, and who knows where that would have would have wound up. You you never know. But the reason the Colts and, and why we chose the Colts was just because, um, honestly, my agent thought that that was the best opportunity based off of how many guys they had, um, you know, solid set guys that were coming in. Obviously, you're Frank Gore. Uh, they drafted Marlon Mack that year. They had Robert Turbin. So then it was really between me and one other guy um, that would have had to you know compete for that fourth spot. Um, and I mean, according to the GM and I like to think that I was definitely on track to kind of be that third down pass catching back for them. Okay. Um, you know, th- that's, you know, what, what the GM told my agent. And unfortunately I just wound up tearing my groin off the bone in, in a preseason. Uh-huh. So that's obviously tough to come back from. It was a long rehab. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how that went.
1: So how's that going to like go into now that you're officially today, uh, another, professional athlete again playing for the the lacrosse league how, how is that going from that injury to going to play professionally lacrosse uh, affecting you
2: well so not at all that's the that's why i kind of made the decision that i wanted to come back and, and give lacrosse a shot mm-hmm. i was one of the top recruited players in the country coming out of high school playing lacrosse obviously went the football route because that was you know my dream was to play um in the nfl um and again, would I have loved to play 10 years in the NFL? Of course. But, you know, the nature of the game and, and injuries and the way things happen, um, especially being an undrafted free agent you know, it's tough to uh, to continue to get hurt and to stick around. So, yeah, I mean, my body feels unbelievable. Now it feels probably the best it ever has since I was five years old, because this is the longest amount of time that I've had off from the game of football. And everybody knows how brutal, you know, football is, especially at the running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, So my body feels great. I'm, you know, almost 27 years old. So I still feel like I'm in my athletic prime. Um, and I just miss competing physically, you know, I'll never lose that as, as a competitor and as an athlete. So I'm excited to, uh, to, you know, try and try and dominate and and fit in and have a, a long career in this sport now, which is cool.
0: That's great. And we recently actually spoke with, um, he was the head of, uh, health for the Wizards, and for a while he was also involved with the Redskins also at the time. The redskins sense Washington football team. Yeah, had, uh, correct there. yeah. <laughs> had to had to catch myself there, right? Um, He was talking about the recovery process that he saw being largely a mental game, not just a physical game. So can you talk about the mindset that you were in in recovering from these injuries to get back to playing at an elite level? And now it's a different sport too, so it's a cross-game uh, game mentality too
2: yeah no it's definitely um you know the physical side of it's obvious that's just science right you need to rehab Mm -hmm. whether it's surgery or no surgery you need to have whatever procedures you need done you need to rehab it just takes time and it's science, physics, right but the mental side of it especially with soft tissue injuries and hamstrings Mm -hmm. and groins and you know whatever it may be that's tough uh to kind of like um especially for me in college i had a, a recurring hamstring issue that um Happened probably three or four times in a row in the same season. My sophomore year kept me out for about eight or nine games. So just trusting it enough to you know be like, all right, I can run full speed and it's not going to pull or it's not you know it's mm-hmm. not hurt again. Um, so that's just again, it takes time and it's you know maybe one day you go seventy percent for for a week and then all of a sudden it's like okay maybe I'll ramp it up a little bit and it's still okay and then you ramp it up a little bit more but it's just like a gradual process. Um, but you know, knock on wood, I haven't had any issues in you know, over a year. So physically, mentally, everything is, you know, a hundred percent. Okay. Like I said, I've never felt better, never felt bigger, faster, stronger. So I'm uh, excited to, to go into a new sport with no issues. What are the goals for you heading in
1: to the, the lacrosse league? And, and where do you see yourself, you know, taking this opportunity and what can you do not only on the lacrosse field, but outside to, you know,
2: establish yourself as a, an elite player in the league yeah uh i mean it's uh, it's interesting right because i like i said before i haven't played lacrosse in, mm-hmm. in nine or ten years and i'm about to go you know play with the best <laughs> in the world. So i'm not um you know naive to the fact where i'm like oh i'm gonna come in and be the best player in the league and this and that like you know of course there's gonna be a, a, a adjustment process to how <laughs> fast mm-hmm. it is in the stick skill side but i think athletically i'll i'll be okay i'll be able to match up with anybody and you know you know in terms of the fast quick explosive category of, of mm-hmm. just being athletic but lacrosse is a is a very skill-based game right there's a lot of stick skills and you know lacrosse IQ and knowing where to pass the ball and and all that kind of stuff that I'll have to you know adjust on the fly to um but obviously I've been training and having a stick in my hand and I'm you know, mm-hmm. having this for for a little while now to to come back and play so, yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be fun and I'm just excited for the challenge. Like I said, it's a it's a I love challenges and being the underdog and, you know, having having people doubt, you know, your abilities or what you're able to do. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to come in and, and get the opportunity and compete physically again and show some people what I could do in a uh, in a different sport.
0: Yeah. And specifically talking about transitioning from one sport to the other do you think anything that you learned in your time as a running back is going to translate into lacrosse and help you get some kind of competitive advantage over your competition
2: yeah it's actually so i actually have another buddy who um who i was on his podcast a couple months ago and and asked me a similar question mm-hmm. um, i think that the two sports overlap a lot uh, especially my position so For example i've been playing lacrosse for forever as well i've been playing both sports since i was four or five years old Mm -hmm. um long island which is where i grew up is a huge huge lacrosse area i almost you know equate it to high school football in texas um Mm -hmm. but a lot literally if you watch like my high school highlights of lacrosse every like all the moves that i use to beat defenders and you know juke moves and bull dodges and split dodges work and everything that i like the same exact move that i do in lacrosse (laughs) my hand is are the same moves that i do to beat a linebacker one-on-one when i'm when i'm running Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so all of that stuff is very similar and like i like i said it definitely translates from back and forth from football to lacrosse and lacrosse to football
1: you know you might need to change your name to dalton lacrosse um
2: not bad it's not a bad branding
1: i might hire you as my branding manager now (laughs) (laughs) but um no it's gonna be probably an awesome experience being able to also get back playing competitively is i'm sure something that you want to you've been wanting to do for a while now and you know good for you uh it's something that everybody you know wants to stay doing something that they love you it's being active and, and playing the sports that you've loved since You've been saying it since four or five years old. So, I mean, utmost respect. We hope you have a successful career in the lacrosse league. We're going to be following you and seeing what you're up to over there. But let's talk a little bit about the NFL, what's going on this year. Uh, I mean, you, you have some buddies on the Chiefs, including Mahomes, like you just said, and starting offensive lineman, Andrew Wiley. I'm curious to know. What your thoughts on the Super Bowl were because you used to play for the Buccaneers. So, who were you rooting for in the Super Bowl, and what's your reaction to the outcome?
2: Um, I would say I was I was rooting for the Chiefs just because of how close I am with Patrick, and but I do have some buddies that are that are still on the on the box. So, you know, I was, I was really happy for them to see them win. Um, I think it was tough for the, for the Chiefs without their starting tackles. Um, I mean, I mm-hmm. think he moved over and played tackle. I, I can't even imagine having, mm-hmm. imagine doing that. Imagine being so set at guard and so comfortable at guard and then having to move over for the first time. I, I don't think he's ever played tackle in the pros. He may have in college. But imagine in the moving, Super Bowl um, in the Super Bowl on that stage against guys like Shaq, Bar- Shaq Barrett and JPP. I mean, mm-hmm. that's – and I think he played pretty well. I might be a little bit biased, but I, I think he did a great job. Uh, I don't think any – Penalties. He didn't have any penalties. And uh, I mean, he got beat a couple times, but who wouldn't? Especially, like I just said, with how tough of a situation he was put in. I think he did an amazing job.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best front fours in football. Exactly. And so. I mean, they, uh, Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs defense struggled, and
2: it's Tom Brady <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> it's crazy what he's been able to do, but the weapons that they have on that offense, plus the greatest athlete of all time, arguably. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I thought the Chiefs were going to keep it a little bit closer and that's the beautiful part about the Chiefs is even though it wasn't a great game it 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 was kind of because of the fact that you thought the Chiefs could come back at any second, you know, even mm-hmm. up the fourth quarter. I was like, "All right, well just, you know, Patrick get one, he'll get one, quarter, <laughs> I'll come down, they'll go and stop and they'll and be right back in it." Um because they've done that so many times, but mm-hmm. also, I, I know that Patrick's uh, toe was bothering him. Um he had surgery I think a, a day or two ago. Um so, yeah, I mean, there's no excuses. I'm sure he'll never make an excuse, but I think that plays a part into, uh, you know, he's thinking about it. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's thinking about that oh, and what he can do and what he can't do, which leads to, you know, he's just not playing uh-huh. quickly. Um, so who knows? I mean, I, I think it was a, a decent game. I thought it was going to be a little bit better of a game, but I'm happy for the Bucks and, and all those guys on, on the team. So.
0: Yeah, I mean – even if his toe was bothering him during the game, it didn't really look like it. He ran for almost 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I think the total came out to like 493 or or something like that. And one of the passes, it was incomplete, but he was like horizontal, like parallel to the field. And he still somehow got the pass off and it hit like his receiver in the face mask or something. It, It was a perfect dot of a pass. Um, do you have any crazy Mahomes stories off the field? You said you were pretty close with him? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, there's, there's some. Uh, I guess one that i share is um, when we were all training um, for the Combine, which out in San Diego, we were all training at <laughs> where I met him, and we got really close, a group of, of four of us. Um, but we always used to play ping pong and very very good so we just had battles i mean literally like when you think about like think about putting you know 40 guys that are whatever first second third up to seventh or free agent but like 40 nfl caliber athletes who are all alpha males all competitors and every time we had an off moment at the facility you know we worked out two times a day for you know four or five hours a day four or five hours total Um, but anytime we were in the facility and, and we had some off time we would be uh we had some battles, for sure, that <laughs> battles were broken, battles were, you know, thrown and campers and flared. but uh, all in good fun, obviously. But he's a, he's a hell of a ping-pong player. I'd say there's maybe only one or two other guys at the, at the facility that were better than he was. All right, but the, the real question is, were you better than him? I, would say, I don't think I was better than him at ping-pong. <laughs> I am pretty good, but I did beat him a few times, maybe two or three times, but he beat me more than I beat him.
1: Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I love I love playing ping pong. It's a fun game. Uh, I, I've never taken it that competitively, but I'm sure um,
2: Everything we do is is every like I don't care if I'm playing Tiddlywinks or Tic-Tac-Toe or something <laughs> playing again, That's a fact.
1: What other things like would you do competitively like off off the field like in your leisure time when you're supposed to be hanging out with, with your team? What else do you take like seriously? Do you guys like play video games back in the locker room? Or
2: I'm not a big video game guy, but a lot of guys do. I remember, especially in Tampa, we had, like the lounge where um, you know Mike Evans and Donovan Smith, all those guys would always be playing uh-huh. on a, on Xbox there if, if we had some <laughs> free time. I remember at Exos with Patrick and a bunch of those guys. So we had like Patrick was there, Jabril Peppers, uh, Solomon Thomas, Russell Douglas, a bunch of, like first, second, third round. Guys. Um, we played a lot of basketball. The hotel that we stayed at, right across the street, had a, uh, a basketball court. So we played a lot of two-on-two, three-on-three, three, three around the world. Um, that was another thing that we uh, we we took and, and took seriously. At a certain point, guys, we're we're all trying to play in the NFL here. Let's not get hurt playing two-on-two <laughs> basketball as hard as we can. But that's just the nature of the ball. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Like I said, you play to win and you play as hard as you can, and you really don't know
1: any other way. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I I just wanted to talk about um, as as a former Bucs player, uh, do you think the the culture changed drastically recently when Tom Brady joined the team and Bruce Arians as well? Like, uh, to with when your time on the team to now do you think there's a drastic difference in those cultures
2: a thousand percent and i, I mean i can't say for sure i, I don't really know tom personally i know bruce arians so, and i'm not there so you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i not i didn't see it firsthand but i know for a fact just based off of people that have been around Tom. Um, and again i won't speak on bruce arians because i don't really know much mm-hmm. about him as a coach mm-hmm. i know the fact that tom brady is, is tom brady and he changes the culture and actually i, I will say that i kind of more firsthand because um Actually, a team doctor of mine in college at like Hampshire is a team doctor for the Bucks now. So mm-hmm. I talked to him um, every so often this season, and he said that the uh, the entire, like, just the attitude. I mean, the second Tom Brady steps into the locker room, it doesn't matter what he says. Does Everybody on the team is like, holy shit, we have Tom Brady in our locker room now. We have a chance to win because all this fucking guy does is win. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. For yeah. To you, where. Um, You're good. But yeah, but all he does is win, and he's just a winner, and he's done it his entire career. So instantly, the second you sign Tom Brady, it's a it's a mindset flip. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, wow, well, we actually you know, have a shot, and that's huge. Just to have everybody want it mm-hmm. and maybe get behind something and believe in it, um, as opposed to all right, well, let's go five and eleven again, and you know what I mean? Miss the playoffs, and it's just, uh, in my opinion, that uh, yes, I think there was a massive cultural shift.
1: What do you think about Jameis Winston? Uh, I, I go to Florida State University, and he, he used to be my, my QB. Uh, what do you think about his chances, you know, starting this year with, with Drew Brees maybe retiring? Um, you see anything with, when your time in, in yeah. the Buccaneers?
2: I love Jameis. He was one of my favorite teammates there and probably one of my favorite teammates of all time. He was such a, such a good um I mean, I remember as a, you know, coming in, and I was literally looking down at one of the first days of meetings, and he's... I look up and it's Jameis right in my face like his hey this you know i'm Jameis. nice to meet you i heard you're uh you know great out of the backfield you do a lot about me and me being a second year guy you know what i mean obviously i know who Jameis winston is um being a second year guy undrafted that hasn't really done anything in the league like it was just awesome to have him come up and acknowledge you know what i mean and introduce himself right away um he took me kind of under his wing and helped me with the offense a lot we would spend time together um you know, alone in the in the meeting rooms going over plays and walking through formations and, and whatnot. So he helped me a lot in that aspect. Um and I think he's a great quarterback. I really do. I th- I think that um, you know, obviously last year Tennessee's had a trouble with turnover, but I think it's the really uh, you know, think you can say negatively about him. Uh, but I think that uh and who knows, maybe he he really, really um took it serious and, and learned behind, which I know he does actually, let me take that back. I know he takes everything serious. He's one of the most competitive and thorough and hardworking guys that I've been around as well. Um, but so I'm sure that he's learned a lot from Drew Brees, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Sean Payton in new Orleans and with Drew Brees retiring. Um, you know, I, I, definitely think he has a very good chance to start. And I think that he should, and I think that he'll, uh, you know, show a lot of people, um, you know, that he still can play at a high level. So that's what I'm hoping for. And that's uh, what I, I definitely think is possible.
0: Yeah, he's definitely been undervalued, I think, by not just uh, some teams, but also the NFL media, NFL fan bases. They look at him like, yeah, he had, what, the most touchdowns, I think, that year, but he also had the most yeah, interceptions. Yards. Yeah, the most yards. In it. it might have been touchdowns either way. It it he guns, led too. the league in yards, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, did, so were you, you there? Was... Yeah, sorry. Were, were you
1: there for that iconic? Uh, that's a W celebration. I was
2: not now. So that was 2017, I believe. I was in Indy that year. Oh, okay. And I was yeah. So I was in Tampa 2018. So I was not there for that.
1: Yeah, he 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 scored a, a touchdown against Tampa uh, in the playoffs this this yeah. past yeah. season, which was pretty <laughs> cool to see. Yeah,
2: so. Um, awesome. the trick play, right?
1: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's nice to see everything you know come comes full circle. The team
2: I really that, hope, shot yeah, to start this year. That would be awesome to see.
1: Yeah. I mean, w- one of my favorite QBs, I know we see him and, and Marcus Mariota now trying to lock a starting job, both respectively, the number one and two picks and in, in the same draft. But, you know, it's, it's a league where it's, it's a difficult league to stay in the mix in. It, it's one of the leagues that it's the hardest, um, to have the longevity of careers compared to MLB or NBA or, or different sports. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that, Be the NFL being the hardest league to, you know?
2: 100%. It's a, it's a revolving door, the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're not. And, again, that just goes to show you, even if you are, the, I, was, I was just going to say, even if you're not a top first, third, second, you know, sometimes, um, you know, third, fourth round pick, where they have money invested in you. They don't care who you are, what you've done in the past. If you're not helping them win football games right now, today, you're gone and mm-hmm. they don't care. It's an extremely cutthroat business and you don't really truly understand it until you're in it. Um, but that's going back. I mean, you, I just said, if you're not a first, second, third round guy, but you, the example you just said, you have, you know, it wasn't even that long ago. What was it? Maybe mm-hmm. six years ago that they were yeah. and the number one and two overall pick that they paid, you know, twenty twenty five million dollars up front and a signing bonus both don't have starting jobs in the nfl mm-hmm. right so it's yeah i mean it's extremely, extremely difficult when it's a performance business and not only performance but if you have to stay healthy if you know mm-hmm. if who doesn't happen and you're not available and you're not on the field and you have a, a history of injuries or and or you're not performing they could give two two and, and you're out the door so it's a very very cutthroat and and tough as I think the average career is two and a half years in the NFL.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like for example, and we've been talking about this on our show in general, but when Le'Veon Bell held out for one year, he, at the time he was the best running back in football. And then a year later he was on the jets, you know, uh, that quick, right? Just one year gone, James Conner came in, he performed and that's all it took for the, the league really as a whole to just give up on, on him. Um, do you see that happening just in general at all positions? Is it so specific in, in one spot or another? Because then we see quarterbacks like Tom Brady playing like 20 years. He's still going on, you know. Well, it all depends on performance. I mean, mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? Le'Veon Bell comes in and he holds out and then he comes to the Jets and what did he do? He didn't really do much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Tom Brady has been – trust me, if Tom Brady started to suck in year 12, he would not still be playing but Tom Brady, Tom Brady for this entire time. So mm-hmm. I, the Bucks don't care if he's 60 years old and he's still playing the way he is and winning and getting him to the playoffs and, you know, giving him a chance at a Super Bowl. They don't care. It's, if you, They don't care how old you are, what you've done in the past, what you haven't done in the past. If you're helping them win football games and performing at a high level, you'll stick around. It's, you know, it's that simple. And if you don't, you won't.
1: Yeah. And hopefully we get to see Jameis and then Mariota both respectively starting next season. I know teams are interested to see what they're doing. But looking ahead to next year in the NFL, do, do you have a specific team you root for uh, as a fan? Or
2: Yeah, I've never really been like a, a, like a diehard fan of like any team. I'm from New York. Um, so, I mean, the Giants, like, whatever. I, I've never really <laughs> been like a And I think it's probably because my dad was. not And I, my dad's always just been a, a fan of football, like a big football fan, hmm. like football in college, fan of players. And that's kind of how I am. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of the game and I love watching every Sunday mm-hmm. and, you know, rooting for the players I like now it's different because I'm friends with a lot of them. So I like to see them do well. Um, right. So, I mean, I root for the Chiefs, obviously with, with my buddies there, I have a few buddies throughout the league. Um, but to answer your question, no, I'm not really like a, 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 big fan of, you know, of a specific team where, you know, if they lose, it ruins my week, which I have some buddies that with, So
0: <laughs> What about if you put money on it? Because I know you, you you've talked a lot about uh, sports betting before.
2: I love, I love to gamble, so if if I put money on it, it's, you know that's why it makes it more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Money on a on a team, and you're rooting for that team. But. So mm-hmm. if you had to go
0: futures for, for the Super Bowl next next year, yeah. Well, what's um, what's your team? Who are you going I with?
2: I haven't looked at the the, the odds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Chiefs are the favorite, so yeah. I, I, If I had to pick one team that I think is going to win the Super Bowl, it would be the Chiefs, but I'd probably go and look for some value. You know what I mean? To see, Mm -hmm. I'd have to look at the, you know, what teams are 10 to 1, what teams are 12 to 1, 15 to 1, and see kind of who I think might have a shot. So I'd probably put some money on the Chiefs, and then I'd probably put some money on, you know, somebody that I think might have an outside shot that has a value there. That's, you know what I mean? Has a a, a big odd on them.
0: Yeah, that, that underdog team that you just want to succeed so bad, so you put a little bit of extra money on it and see what happens, right? Um, what about other sports? I know you said you guys played a lot of uh, competitive basketball. You follow the NBA?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I not like that much, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning and middle of the season, more toward the end and toward the playoff time, and I love the NBA playoffs. absolutely love watching the NBA playoffs, but – during the season, I mean, I'll check out the highlights, but I'll never sit down and watch an entire game.
1: Yeah, I mean, last, last season was probably one of the craziest seasons we've ever seen. Players having to go to a bubble, and the <laughs> Lakers stayed there for, like, almost 300 days. It's something crazy like that. The Heat as well, Sam and I are Heat fans. Uh, we just wanted to get, get your perspective on last year's NBA Finals and what you thought of them.
2: Uh, that was, Yeah, the Lakers and the Heat, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I'm I'm a, it's funny, I'm a big Michael Jordan guy. Mm-hmm. Jordan, so I I don't hate LeBron as a person. I just always root against him because I'm a Jordan. <laughs> I don't want to see him get, you know what I mean? I don't want to see him get six or seven and have a, beat, mm-hmm. a, a debate more than it already is. Yeah. I respect the hell out of him. I think he's a great dude off the court and does so many great things for the community. And mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, the second best player of all time. Um, but so, of course, that's, I preface that to say that, LeBron had got a half a title because it was the bubble. And a bubble. <laughs> so,
0: Would um, you have said that if Miami won? No, of course not. <laughs> 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 of
2: there's an asterisk. Yeah. And yeah, there's an asterisk there for me <laughs> because of, some of the, um, you know, everybody, right? I, I thought that was awesome. The fact that they made it there. Um, Jimmy Butler is the real deal. Tyler hero is the real deal. Um, I don't even know how are they doing this year, record wise. Are they
0: not good?
1: Not good. Yeah, under yeah, 500. Not
2: good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I mean, we'll see this year. Hopefully, uh, who some of the contenders in the East, uh, the the Mets. Team.
1: Did you see the James Harden trade? And oh my God!
2: Yeah, have they? I, I mean, I've seen some highlights in that they're winning games, but are they? What's their record? Are they very, very good?
1: They're. I I saw something at, at a point in time. I I don't know how long ago this was. They had the same exact record as houston who was involved in trade obviously with james harden post james harden trade so they were like eight and two respectively each i mean eight and two is great but so is houston
2: All right well good and i mean both teams won at least so yeah see it's a long season you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it looks like in the in the beginning it, it's working out for both teams so that's kind of what you want in the trade right <laughs>
0: mm-hmm yeah yeah and yeah, that goes more on guys like Christian Wood and John Wall stepping up rather than Victor Oladipo having such a big impact yeah. on the rocket. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, the all-star games coming around. Uh, yeah,
2: you know there was drama around that, right? Like players don't want to do it at all. Yeah. LeBron
1: was saying that he thought he was going to get a week off and now he has to go play in an all-star game. I mean, he's not new to the game. If you ask me, he's been there 16 times already. Um a week off. I uh, Yes, in, in times of COVID, I'm sure they're going to take every precaution imaginable. It's the NBA. I mean, the last year they literally made a bubble. This year they're testing every single day. If you get a positive, even with Kevin Durant, we saw he got a false positive, yeah. false positive and they pulled him from the game.
2: Yeah, I saw that. That's
1: crazy. So I, I think the All-Star game will be safe. And I, I, I don't know why he's complaining about that extra time off because he basically... Gets a week off anyways with the All-Star game.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just something else that they got to do. So I could see that. And the, you know, the season's a grind, and they've been doing mm-hmm. it for so long. And, I mean, it's – I think it's – especially if they don't have fans there, I think that's one of the biggest, like, best parts about All-Star Week is, like, mm-hmm. you know, they get to – it's just – it's fun. It's energy. It's having fun. It's going to a city where there's a ton of people that come in. It's You know what I mean? It's like uh, there's stuff to do, and it's fun normally I think that's why it's a good thing. But, I mean, we know the game really doesn't – it's more of a dunk contest than it is <laughs> a game. It's not Last year game. was competitive. I, I will say that. I will say that, though. I forgot about that. Um, last year in the fourth quarter, it was very competitive, and it was awesome to watch. I remember watching that and being like, oh, like, I wish like this needs to be how the All-Star game is every single year. From here Kyle on Lowry that. was really clutch. Yeah, that was actually awesome. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, because that's what you want to see, right? The best players in the world going at it and actually trying to win games, uh, not just go out there, get a few highlight dunks, you know, pad their numbers a little bit, then go home. (laughs) Uh, But you are talking about the uh, the fan experience of things like the All-Star Games, just regular football games in general, basketball games. Do you have any interesting fan experiences that you've, you've had any interactions with, with some diehard Colts or Bucks fans or something.
2: I wouldn't say like crazy, like out of, like out of nowhere experiences, but yeah, it it was really cool obviously to be, you know, after every practice and you're walking around signing, signing uh, autographs for people and you know, a lot of, People knew who I was as coming as an undrafted because they're diehard fans, so they read all the you know the articles that found okay. out about the signings and you know, they watch my highlights and they talk to me about New Hampshire and you know, stuff like that. So that was really cool to be to be involved and in, like, immersed in that, also in, in both um, Indianapolis and Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, as a fan of the game, I have a terrible towel sitting right here for my Pittsburgh Steelers. I would I would love to have it signed by. Anybody on the team? I I study the team. I know everybody on the roster. I mean, it changes every year, so it's kind of.
2: And it changes probably every week.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So.
2: It's in the off season.
1: Mhm. So it's a it's a little difficult to keep track of it, but I try my best.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I love uh, I love that. I mean, obviously, every sport wouldn't be anything without fans. You know, mm-hmm. if there's no fans, there's no uh. That's it's funny to say, just ironic, because people have been playing with no fans, but they're all still fans. are <laughs> just no fans at the
0: games. But right. What do you think of...
2: Fans are watching TV, fans are buying merch, fans are doing all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think of, like, the augmented audio, where they're, like, putting sounds in the arenas or yeah, the from like 2k or madden or something yeah.
0: into the the speakers yeah, they're only doing where
2: are they doing that though uh, a lot of it i think in the football games this year was only done on tv like i don't think they're actually pumping like loud crowd noise into the stadiums where the players here
1: i know for a fact they're doing it in the nba i'm not sure about the nfl
2: got it yeah i mean that's i think it's good i mean why not right <laughs>
1: doesn't seem strange i feel like it would be strange
2: but I also think it would be strange to just play with dead silence. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what it yeah. is.
1: Mean, so. Yeah, it feels like a backyard football game back when you're you're playing with your buddies at late night or something, that there's no one at the park and you're just playing tackle football.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah, so this has been another episode of Backseat carpool banter dalton i appreciate you taking the time we wish you the best of luck in your lacrosse endeavors uh dalton aka lacrossen. um yeah so make sure to go check them out where can the people find you
2: um instagram is d c-r-o-s-s-a-n 34 and twitter is d underscore cross 34
1: all right so make sure to go check them out show them some love and we'll see you guys next time on Backseat Carpool Banter.
2: Awesome. Appreciate it, guys.